0: I'm anxious to see uh, what the national perspective on this is. And to do that, let's go uh, to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline and and talk with the comments for uh, CBSSports.com. Close personal friend of Leroy Butler. He is Pete Prisco. Pete, thanks a lot for coming on, man. (laughs)
1: Leroy, you you stole me about 100 bucks from cards. I think you did. Oh, my goodness. Who told you? first
2: First of all, Pete. Wow! I don't owe you nothing. If it's the statute of wow. limitation run out in like two or three days, why you ain't get it then, man? I ain't got no money now, I'm dead bro. Cause. But Pete, the
0: good news is, is, Pete, when we do the Leroy Butler documentary, we'll want to talk to you about that hundred dollars. So I'll we'll get you on camera. Oh, I got yeah.
1: some. I got some stories. Believe me, I got some stories. And you know what? I was really hoping you got in the hall last year, Leroy. I mean, at least you made it into the into the finals. You know, and next, you know, next yeah. step is knocking the door down. There's no doubt. You deserve to be in there, and I'll sit. I'll say this on the radio show, not just because Leroy's here and I've known him for many, many years. Leroy Butler and Brian Dawkins are both from Jacksonville. Leroy Butler was a better player.
3: Well, how do we? How do we let everybody else know that, then, Uh, Pete? Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) How do we let everybody else know that, Pete? I mean, that's great. How do we let other folks know that? Look. I know all those voters.
1: I've been trying to get Tony Baselli in. I try to get Leroy in. I try to get uh, Fred Taylor even in the room. It's such, you know, they have all these preconceived notions of who should and who shouldn't be in, and it it just makes no sense. And I think the fact that you were finalists this year, I think that's a good sign for moving forward, Leroy.
0: The fact sure, that you use the words no sense fits in perfectly to why we have you on the radio show talking about the Packers <laughs> moving up to take a quarterback named Jordan Love in the first round. Packer fans are besides themselves, as you could well imagine. Pete, what was your view on it?
1: Oh, I hated it. And they should be beside themselves. And uh, look, for all the good things that they did last year in the offseason, and I thought the general manager had a really good offseason last year, getting Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, and the draft was good. I think they botched it this year. I really do. And, and look, I'm, I know a lot of people in that organization, and I'd sit there and tell them right to their face, I think you made bad decisions. Uh, you can't justify taking trading up a, and tr- taking Jordan Love when you have Aaron Rodgers in your prime. He's in his prime. They need help. They need to give him more help. They need to get help for the run defense, which was abysmal. Can't you still see the 49ers running through him and around him and over him Uh, for an entire game, so I I think they missed there. I don't like taking a running back in the second round. Big back, yeah, sure. Maybe he looks like Derrick Henry. They have backs. You don't need backs. You can find those guys later. And and then you look at this entire draft. How many guys from that draft are going to start? If you go down an entire list, how many guys from the draft will start? Uh, None of them. This year,
0: none of them are going to start this year. No.
1: So you're wasting you're wasting a Rodgers year, and that's the problem. And, and all this talk about you know, him and LaFleur not getting getting along, I don't buy it. Look, Aaron can be difficult. Everybody knows that. But they get along, and he's a pro. Uh, Rodgers and LaFleur, that whole thing was blown way out of proportion. And, and so I think they did him a disservice, and, and the Packer fans should be bad.
2: Yeah, Pete, because one of the things, they didn't take a receiver at all. They had another opportunity to do it. And it just seemed like to me that they just didn't view this Receiving class, and I kept hearing people saying it's the best class in 25 years. You got to get a receiver. Then you see Minnesota get, you know, the young man from LSU, Jefferson. And you say, well, you got to keep up with the Joneses, get more weapons around Aaron. I, I, just for some, it's a disconnect somewhere based on their board and everybody else's board as far as getting a receiver.
1: I mean, they, uh, Leroy, they, I could go back to Jacksonville and use that as an example. They could have got Sean Jefferson's son. I mean, he doesn't yeah, run they, that yep. well, but he's a, a, you know, Van Jefferson gets open. I mean, they could. there were guys down in this draft that could have helped them. Uh, you at least got to address it. Now, having said that, when I was there last summer, a lot of guys, including Aaron, they thought Valdez Scantling was going to have a big year. It didn't yeah. happen for whatever reason. And it, I still can't figure it out because he looked like – he was going to be big-time player last year in the summer, and it just didn't work out. Well, maybe they're hoping that th- that's the case this year. Because, look, Alan Lazard, give me a break. He can't run. And when you can't run, uh, you're a possession receiver at best, which is what he is. You can't count on that. They need speed. People sat on everything. They need to open up the offense.
3: So then, Pete, by all guesstimation then, what what, what are the Green Bay Packers doing then? I mean, if they didn't go get any anything for Rogers, so what, what did they exactly – Accomplished in this year's draft.
1: Well, they got a quarterback that might play for him in three years, right? If, okay. if Aaron Rodgers plays the way I think he can play, and he told me last summer he wants to play till he's in his forty. So, uh, right. what's the lead you to believe that he can't play anymore? So, why would you draft right. a quarterback that's going to be sitting on the bench for three years? That that's, right. you know, it's a really bad decision. So, what did they do? Uh, the yeah, what do they do? of note, they did. And the the only thing of note they did in the offseason, and I don't know, if that's necessarily a good thing. Is uh, you know getting Christian Kirksey? That's it. That's all they've done. What else have they done? They've done nothing to help their team next year. Nothing.
3: So what about what about the running back? You don't think he could play a role in what they're doing? Because here's what I feel, Pete. I feel like the offense is being changed right in front of Aaron Rodgers. It feels like to me that with the three offensive linemen that they want to run the football. It feels like with the big back that they have, they want to run the football feels like it's gonna be more possession type thing. Are they changing the way they're doing business offensively right in front of Aaron Rodgers with with this year's draft?
1: Well, you know, people are saying that, but that would be uh, short sighted on their part if that's the case. Why why it's okay. like having a guy who can score thirty five points and you go to a four corners offense. You know, that, that's the dumbest thing you can do. You, you can play <laughs> with strength. I don't mind I don't mind Throwing the football off the run, I get it. I mean, and he's capable of doing that. He's done it before. Mm -hmm. But but, and take the pressure off him taking a lot of shots. Remember, he went to San Francisco in the regular season and just got beat to death. The line was banged up, but he got beat up. They got to protect him better. uh, And running the football helps him do that. And they got to protect the defense better. Running the football helps him do that. They got two guys who can run the ball. That's why I mean that. That's why it made no sense to me. Now I know Joe's is in the final year of his deal, and there's some issues there, but. I'm just not picking the big back in the second round. I, I didn't. I just didn't like their draft.
2: Pete, did you buy in? Did you listen to the uh, Brett Favre interview? Uh, Brett was saying they disrespected him. Maybe should. Maybe won't finish his career there. Uh, do you? How do you think this ends? Because you're real good at making predictions like this. <laughs> do you think they should just? Aaron should just be a pro. But here's the thing, uh, Pete. Real quick. They redid his contract. They signed him to an extension to let him know that they want him to stay here. That's why I think Brett Favre was thinking, well, maybe they kind of disrespected him and not getting him weapons. Why would you give him that kind of money and not get more weapons? It don't make sense.
1: That's exactly right. It doesn't make sense. One doesn't jive with the other. It makes Mm -hmm. no sense at all. If you pay him that money, you clearly think he's your guy for the long term, or at least for the next three or four years. So why not get him as much help as you can get him? And here's the other thing. Jordan loves a project. I think he's got talent. I mean, he's got a big arm. He can stand in there and make throws. Uh, He's got a nice release. But, you know, you pop on the Wake Forest game from a year ago. You know, there's some good throws, and there's some throws that make you puke they're so bad. So I think there's a lot of work there. I, I just don't think drafting a backup quarterback um, and a future quarterback, when you have Aaron Rodgers in his prime, is, is a smart move.
0: I we talked so. about we talked about this earlier, talking with Pete Prisco of, of CBS Sports here on the fan, and, and we were laying it all out. When you go to replace Mike McCarthy and you decide to start interviewing head coaching candidates, Pete, don't you ask the question of, all right, so what offense are you going to run uh, in Green Bay? And then at some point the question has to become, how do you plan on moving on from Aaron Rodgers if and when he decides He's going to retire. How are we going to do that? This all had to have been laid out to Mark Murphy and the front office of, I want to run this type of offense that's not dependent on the quarterback. I think we draft a quarterback in a couple of years. That gives us a couple of years to figure out whether or not he is the right guy. And then we move on from there. But it's an offense that's not based around the quarterback, based more on the run and the lines. They had to know that this was going to be the plan you know, when they brought Matt LaFleur in.
1: Maybe, but you rely on that type of offense when you don't have a quarterback. You know, in Tennessee, they went to the championship game last year with Ryan Tannehill, who's a journeyman. I don't care what they paid him. And they ran the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't count on that year in and year out. Two years ago, the Jaguars were in the it was a fourth quarter away with a 10-point lead from going to the yep. Super Bowl with Blake Bortles sure a quarterback, because they ran the ball and the ball fell their way. Well, what happens with those teams? It's not sustainable. They're accidents. You can't count on them. You know what you can count on year in and year out? The quarterback position. If you have that guy, you should build around him and make sure he's the guy you, you, you focus everything in your power to make him better. I'm not saying he can't work in the LaFleur's offense. I think he can. I think Rodgers could be outstanding in this offense. Now, there's got to be some different principles than what it is all across the board, but I think Rodgers could be very good in it, bootlegging, getting outside, making plays, uh, but again, why would you ever take the ball out of his arm, off his hand, and out of his off his arm? Makes no sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what we're looking at. Also, Pete, and we don't know how this thing's going to shape out. But I mean, the the rub also uh, with with the Green Bay Packers and Matt Lafleur is is how do they move forward with this now with Aaron Rodgers, knowing that Jordan Love is. I'm assuming he's going to be a professional about it. But I, th- I think the optics, too, just didn't look good. When you saw the pick made, I mean, they said they did not contact Rodgers, and he did not know that this was going down. I don't know. Maybe I text him first and say, dude, I'm not asking your permission, but just so you know, this is going to happen. Or maybe I call him the next day, and we don't know if they did that or not. And that's where uh, Favre was coming in, in, in the whole disrespect uh, angle of it. Well, I mean, let, let's be honest. And, and,
1: Leroy, I don't remember if you were there, but – Brett wasn't exactly warm and fuzzy when Rodgers came in either.
2: Right. About <laughs> it. I mean, uh,
1: Brett, Brett gave him a hard time, and he didn't give
2: him yeah, respect he did.
1: at all and didn't did take him under his uh, arm and help him or anything like that. So I, I don't know if Aaron will do that. One thing about the Packers offense, I mentioned the speed. You know, look, uh-huh. they had Devin Funches, can't run. Uh, you know, Lazard, can't run. Kumaro, okay, that's going to scare you deep. Where's the speed on that offense? So everybody defends them that way. And I think they need to get some speed, and they didn't do a good job of doing that. Now, if valdez Scanling can somehow emerge as what they thought he would be, then who knows. But I think they lack speed on offense, and that shows up in a big way.
3: Well, let me I ask this the, real quick. There, there, there may be one little thing out there. I, I thought I heard a little someone said that maybe Kenny Steeles may be up for trade with the Texans. Would Would that work out for the Packers at all? He can run. I mean, there's no question about that. He can run. That
1: would be something you would explore. It depends on what you get. You know, you want to give up a six or five, maybe. Uh, I'd look at it. Uh, They have to get faster. You know, teams that can't run have problems, you know, running an offense. Everybody puts the 20-yard force field up and you can't, you know, can't succeed. You know, the same with Brady last year in New England. Oh, what's wrong with Tom Brady? There's no speed. nobody, Nobody respects that. And Leroy, you know. When you play a team that has no speed, it's a lot easier to defend
2: them. No question. That's why Kansas City won the Super Bowl. They got eight guys on that run like a 4-3 and <laughs> just have Mahomes just throw it up. My my last question for me, Pete, because I like when you keep it 100. How does Matt LaFleur, put your, your Matt LaFleur, and you understand it's going to be some smoke when they have their first meeting, whenever that is, okay? I understand that. How does Matt LaFleur handle this? Does he just say, listen, I'm going to do my thing, and you just got to get in where you fit in? Or does he put out the olive branch to Aaron Rodgers and say, listen, for the next three or four years, we still can come together and win a championship?
1: Uh, here's the question that nobody knows. Was Matt LaFleur okay with the move? If you're Matt LaFleur and your job is tenuous, let's be honest about it. If mm-hmm. a new quarterback comes in, that probably gives uh, the general manager more time. But does it give the head coach more time? And that's the question. So was Matt LaFleur even okay with the move to get Jordan Love? He might have liked him. But I can't imagine if you put him on a lie detector test that he, that, if that thing wouldn't go haywire if he said he loved the idea of picking Jordan Love. I just don't think that makes sense. You're a head coach. You're coming off a 13-3 and 3 season that a lot of people said you did with smoke and mirrors and you weren't as good as you should have been. Okay, if you believe that, to get me help so I can get back to 13-3 and 3 and they didn't do it. I doubt he was on board with
2: that. Somebody said allegedly he was mandated for him to take him. I think Schefter guys, Adam
0: Schefter said that, uh, say, yeah, was... according to his source, that Matt LaFleur had pretty much mandated the front office that if Jordan Love fell to a certain point in the draft, that he wanted him. And Schefter said, No, I don't think anybody realized it was going to be at that point in the first round, but that was according to one of Schefter's sources the day after I they took I find him. that
1: hard to believe. I find that hard to believe. Now, maybe somebody told Adam <laughs> that, but it, on the surface... Why, if you're Matt LaFleur, why would you want Jordan Love as your, anywhere on your roster right now when you have Aaron Rodgers? I, then then th- that makes no sense to me. It, how many more years do you think Aaron Rodgers can play at a high level?
2: I'd say three or four well, at years. least
3: four. At least four.
1: Okay. Okay, if he plays four years at a high level in Green Bay, what is Jordan Love? He's gone. He's nothing. He, they're not going to keep him. They can't. they have to trade him. So it makes no sense at all. Just like in Philly. Picking Jalen Hurts in the second round
2: makes no sense at all. You know, if you have, <laughs> That's another one. If yeah, you I don't have, get that you, one. You know, I don't get that one.
1: No, look, you've signed a veteran who could get if, – if the veteran quarterback can get you one or two games with a guy like Aaron Rodgers if he got hurt, then you're you're okay. If Aaron Rodgers goes down and you play Brian Hoyer or somebody like that, you're dead anyway. So if Aaron Rodgers goes down now and you play Jordan Love, you're dead anyways. It's a, if you have two, you don't have one. And that's why I try to tell people, the Eagles, if Carson Wentz goes down, they're done. It's over with. So it makes no sense to draft a a quarterback who's essentially you're picking based on your starter getting hurt. And that makes no sense in Philly. And this thing about replacing Aaron Rodgers right now makes no sense in Green Bay.
0: You know, when you talk about the Green Bay Packers uh, and this year and how they look in this division and how they look in this conference coming off a 13-3 year last year, Uh, get to the nfc conference championship uh they don't do a whole bunch in free agency we just talked about their draft i i I look at it and just say as a packer famous i think you have to have lower expectations going into this year than how they finished last year
1: the only thing is the division isn't that good i mean there's a lot of questions in the division the lions are the lions you know they're not going to be any good uh, they got all kinds of issues there with the head coach and whether he's going to come back next year. The Bears, Nick Foles or, or Mitch Trubisky, have at it. I mean, my God, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. It's one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest accidents in the history of football. And people think he's going to replicate it. Forget that. So they're not a contender. And then you got the Vikings, and you you guys know every big game that Kirk Cousins plays, his face gets glazed over, and uh, he doesn't play that well. So. Uh, the Packers are still the team to beat in the division, and they're the team to beat in the division because they have the best quarterback by far. Uh, now, they do need guys to step up. I mean, and young guys, you know, Lancaster has to be better. Guys like that, on that front, those guys have to be better. they got run on. You know, what, what, what does Kirksey add to that defense? Uh, you know, uh, th- to me, it's demoralizing to get your defense run on the way it got run on uh, yes. in that game. So they got to be better about that. And here's the other thing. You know, Darius Smith told me at the Pro Bowl, and he said it a couple different times. I talked to him at the Pro Bowl, and he said it a bunch of different times since then.
0: He said they weren't ready. They yep. were not ready. Yep.
1: And th- so that's a big
0: red flag to me. He said it after the game against San Francisco in the postgame presser. That they didn't make any adjustments to how they were being attacked uh, on the offensive side of the football. Uh, he said he was waiting and waiting for the coaches to make adjustments. He goes, but maybe next year we'll make those adjustments. And when he said it, I was like, boy, he just he just took a bus and ran over Mike Penton a couple times with that those comments. Well, he Blake also Martinez
2: said, that said they, 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 they went
1: out. Didn't they go out the day before the game? And normally, I guess, you know, they thought they would go out. And they said that they kind of got delayed or something. They yeah. Re- from, a, from that standpoint, they weren't ready to play. So uh, they got hit in the mouth, and they weren't ready to respond to it.
0: Just crazy. Uh, he is Pete Prisco, legendary senior NFL columnist at CBSSports.com and close personal friend of Leroy Butler, Great even, job, Pete. even though Leroy likes his brother Leroy, better. were you a
1: grandfather about 12 times over now? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's
2: so cute, too. <laughs> yeah, She's truly amazing.
0: Pete, thanks so much for Love coming it. on, and we'll try and work on getting that $100 for you from Leroy.
2: Uh, yeah, it's gone, right, Pete. You guys you got all too right. many grandkids. See you later.
0: <laughs> Pete Prisco on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion growing your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. I could literally talk to that dude every single day all and not day get long. bored. And not all get bored. I think you could all talk to long. Pete Prisco about anything and not get bored.
2: He talked just like at, at, at the poker game, man. Get on people's nerves, man. They say, you know, he got all the chips. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he always knew who was the top high school player in whatever sport. So you just kind of like, how's that kid such-and-such going to be? Oh, yeah, he'll be this, this, and this. Okay, oh, I'm all in, by the way. Wait a minute, man. We're talking football. That is too so funny. Yeah, that's all right,
0: yeah, coming up, awesome. uh, we will talk with Casey Johnson. Uh, he joins us uh, in about 15 Make sure Gary minutes. Make
2: knows who he is. Though.
0: About 15 minutes. NBC Sports Chicago with the Chicago Tribune for a long, long time prior to that. Uh, the and of course,
2: he Boston. no, no, not that guy. He's no, uh,
0: the last dance documentary <laughs> about the Chicago Bills. He'll come on and talk about that four o'clock. David Bakhtiari is back on the big show, the Packers left tackle. Looking forward to getting his thoughts, uh, as well on Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love in the Packers draft. And then Gary reached way back and got Craig Null, a former Packers quarterback, who was mentioned by Bob McGinn in his piece uh, about. The fact that he should have won uh, the backup job to Brett Favre back in the day, but Aaron Rodgers got it because of politics. We'll talk to Craig Null coming up at quarter to five. And if you missed Peter Fagan on the Bill Michaels show, well, shame on you. We will replay that for you coming up again at 535. Or always, you can use your rewind feature on your radio.com app. Back after this with some more comments from Greg Cassell from NFL a matchup on ESPN. He had really good things to say uh, about A.J. Dillon. We'll hear those next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old
1: whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.